This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is the We Art Tacoma podcast. Welcome to We Art Tacoma, a new podcast about the arts in Tacoma, produced by Channel 253. I'm Eric Hanberg, and... I'm Doug Mackey. Doug Mackey, producer Doug, is in the studio. Uh, We have two guests today, Jasmine Brown and Michaela Eves, to talk about their art and Tacoma Arts Month. That's right. Two very disparate artists, but um, both very interesting, and uh, you find uh, links to their work on the on the show notes. So, you know, go ahead and download those and look at some of that work, perhaps as you listen to the podcast. It's some some beautiful work. And as you said, very different kinds, very different mm-hmm. styles. But uh, let's get right to the interview and talk about Arts in Tacoma. This is Eric Hanberg, and I am in the studio with two Tacoma artists. Uh, would you like to introduce yourselves? My name is Jasmine Brown. I'm Michaela Eves. And uh, welcome to We Art Tacoma. October is Tacoma Arts Month, and for the first episode, it seemed like we should recognize that and talk about all the wonderful things happening uh, as part of this month-long arts event all over the city. Um, But before we get to that, I want to get to know both of you and your art a little bit better. And so um, maybe we can just introduce yourself a little bit more, talk about... um, just as a, you know, we might even call this an icebreaker. Like, do you remember your first time that you got into art? Jasmine. Well, I I can, I was painting and drawing as long as I can remember. Um, that was always something that I was passionate about. I saw my stepfather paint, and I said, ooh, I want to do that. And, of course, Bob Ross. Happy trees. Yeah. Yes, happy <laughs> trees. Michaela. Like Jasmine, and I think that's a theme you're going to see with a lot of artists, um, as long as I can remember. Uh, the earliest memory being me getting a whole lot of trouble for drawing all over the walls and then spending a lot more time erasing all that. Yeah, I believe that. Do, did either of you have any uh, like intentional arts education, or would you call yourself self-taught? How do you think about that? Well, I went to art school, um, and I... You know, I remember growing up, I was like, I'm going to be an artist. And um, What did people say to that? Oh, you're going to starve. And I said, <laughs> well, no, I'm not because I'm going to be a good artist. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so I, I went to art school. I started off at Columbus College of Art and Design um, and transferred to Howard University, historically black college mm-hmm. in Washington, D.C. And, and art major the whole way through? Uh, art, design, illustration. Wow. That's wonderful. Got my BFA. That's great. I also have some art school experience. I wasn't able to stay in art school for a lot for very long, and I ended up going to a, like another university to finish it out. But I also um, went in for illustration and graphic design, so that was really helpful. I mean, I think it's really hard to be a self-taught artist because you're having to learn what you need to learn instead of just being able to focus on building your skills. Right. Um, now, Michaela, I know that you you do some professional design work and you're also an artist how do you see your design work and your art like is is it all the same thing or are they different things does one allow you to do the other how do you think about work and art sure uh 
So I went into art school originally because I wanted to be an illustrator. And I got some good advice from a teacher there saying that maybe I should go into design as well. So that way I could like support myself while I built up a reputation as an illustrator. And what I found is that because they're both visual disciplines, one definitely feeds into the other. Because I think both in design and illustration, you're constantly asking yourself, what what do I feel when I do this? And is it, does this feel better than it did before? So I think if I'm practicing that all day long with visual problem solving, they definitely add to each other. Yeah. Jasmine, do you, do you consider yourself a full-time artist or do you also do design or other things that, uh, that as part of that? I do design as well. Um, starting in, in when I was in art school, I uh, got a job doing exhibit design uh, for the Smithsonian Museum shops. Wow! And um, recently, I w- worked for Microsoft do- doing user experience design for internal dashboards. Um, and I think at art school, one of the things that art school certainly teaches you is how to have a thick skin and uh, being able to present your work and putting aside your your ego when somebody says, "Ah, we don't like that," or "Change the color scheme," or "Start over again." Or what else you got, and uh, and that that um, you know prepares you for going out into the world and presenting your work because you're putting a piece of yourself in anything you create. Um, now, in addition to my fine art, I, I teach at uh, Stewart Middle School. Wow! So why Tacoma? How did you end up here? Well, I decided um, after. I lived on the East Coast and West Coast um, and overseas for a while. And after my divorce, I decided I wanted to move someplace where the weather was nice. So About three months of the year, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, there's no tornadoes or hurricanes here and earthquakes are rare. So, right. um, you know, I, I decided to settle here because we had uh, such a thriving economy in this, this part of the country. And I thought that would be a good place for my son to grow up and a diverse community. And I um, ended up buying a house on the east side of Tacoma. Why did you end up in Tacoma, Michaela? I wanted to stay in the, I grew up in Montana and I wanted to stay in the Pacific Northwest because it's it's an area that I really like and it's similar to where I grew up. So Seattle, the Seattle area in general was a place that I could get a job with an, a degree versus like going back to Montana and getting paid minimum wage for still having a degree. So uh, when I was looking at houses, I was already working in Tacoma, and that was also a place that I could afford to live. And so I ended up like picking up a house here, and it's been really great since. Yeah. Is Tacoma a good art town, do you feel? I think so. And I think there's a lot of opportunity here um, as I'm becoming more and more interested in public art and getting um, more commissions. I think that there are certainly opportunities for you to get in and, and be considered and um, not be over so overwhelmed by such a large amount of competition like there is in Seattle. Yeah. I'd agree. As well, I would add I feel the artists, the other artists and the city itself are very supportive of each other. Like it's there's no matter like what your skill level is, I feel like people are there to help you succeed and, you know, watch each other's back. I'm sure maybe that's not totally the case, but that's been my experience so far. Do you think sometimes it can be a little too friendly that way where like everyone is amazing or or what's our how what is our ecosystem like? Are we do we build each other up? Are we fair? Um I just wonder sometimes, you know, sometimes it feels like everything's great, everything's amazing, like like and is that healthy as well as, you know, I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on that. 
I I think I think it's great to have that support. Um, I, there is a lack of public participation, I think, mm. and that is kind of disheartening. Where then it feels like we're all just kind of talking to each other, like, "No, you're great. No, you're great," um, but like nobody we want to like watch to see us be great is like showing up sometimes. So that's a little difficult. That's interesting. So so maybe it's a good place to create art, but not necessarily a lot of art goers who are. Is that, is that kind of what I hear you saying? Yeah, that's definitely. Do you see that? Um, I could. Uh, see that perspective because I mean this is it's certainly a lot more affordable city and I feel like um, there's more camaraderie between artists here and there's not as much competition it doesn't seem as cutthroat yeah. um, as it does in, in Seattle when I first moved to the Pacific Northwest I lived in Seattle for a while and I didn't feel like the other artists that I knew were as supportive of uh, what I was doing and or that they necessarily would share as much with me um and it didn't feel like there was this inclination towards like forming a, a community as much yeah uh, but here it's it's like hey how are you doing and you know hey, hey did you apply to that call and i don't know if i'm gonna apply to that one but there's another one coming up and it, it just f- feels warmer that's great to me yeah here I want to talk about uh, your work a little bit. And Michaela, one of the things that I know watching your Facebook feed over the years is that you do something at the beginning of every year called 42 Sketches. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. I realized a while back that I wasn't, even though like I was trying to think of myself as an artist, I wasn't doing a good job of continuing that discipline on a daily basis. And when you're doing work on a daily basis, you get past a point of exhaustion to a point where you're like breaking through your skill levels. So what I decided to do was do a sketch every day and put it online. So that way I would be accountable because I knew my friends would call me out if I didn't post, um, which I'm always grateful for. And so I will do that for six weeks because uh, I had read at the time that it takes six weeks to establish a habit. So my hope was that I would continue that throughout the rest of the year, which has never happened, by the way. <laughs> um, by the end of it, I'm like, I am so glad to go to bed right now before midnight. Um, but it has been really useful in terms of like keeping my skill polished and sharpened. And I think this was my 12th or 13th year of doing it. Wow. And you're doing these, um, is this pen and ink on paper or is this digital sketches? Uh, the rules that I gave myself are like any any kind of creative anything. And it's become more mostly pencil. Okay. Um, so that's it's a very fast medium for me. So it's easy to just sit down and do it at night. And you do uh, sometimes a lot of whimsical things. So it might be uh, two things that don't necessarily go together. Um, a wolf doing something funny or... Right, like riding a bicycle or, right. or something. Yeah. Yeah, so it, the way that generally works is um, it, I'm I'm better drawing animals than I am other things like people or, or buildings or whatever. And so I'll spend probably about two or three hours trying to think of something, and then it'll be midnight, and I'll think I will literally draw the next thing that comes into my head and what animal haven't I drawn yet and what crazy thing could they be doing. Great. Uh, it's it's I look forward to it every year on Instagram and Facebook. It's fun to see. Thank you. Um, Jasmine, you have a piece that I just find really striking. It's, uh, I don't know if you would call it a portrait, but it's Trayvon Martin in a, kind of a classic iconography style. Yes. Uh, it looks like gold leaf and things like that. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Um, 
I started doing uh, icons when after I moved here to um, the Pacific Northwest. I took a couple of workshops uh, at Gage um, with uh, some egg temper painters and uh, one iconographer. And I really liked the fact that um, it harkened back to some of the work that I'd seen when I traveled, um, that um, like uh, icons from Egypt and, and throughout Europe. And those objects were like a point of, rev- uh, of reverence. And um, I think that um, often when, when uh, people of color and youth of color um, lose their lives, their deaths are treated with a kind of voyeuristic fascination by the media if they're covered at all. Right. And um, um, two of my uh, former foster sons were murdered in 2008. Yeah. And uh, Annie made a documentary. Um, it was a documentary series, um, um, Crime 360, and one of the episodes was about their case. And I felt the way that they covered that was was very insensitive to the uh, their loved ones, and it was more like a CSI episode, uh, talking about bullet trajectories and things like that, than it was about their lives. Hmm. And um, it was it didn't you know treat their passing as, as something that would be mourned, or um, that they that they were worthwhile. Uh, and of themselves, and I was like, well, I think that that I'm not a particularly religious person, um, but I think the power that that uh, art that has a a sacred purpose uh, is 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 powerful, and and those are, are objects that that people interact with in a way that's beyond just what we might see in a museum. Um, so I, I you know decided I was I want to learn how to do, how to paint like this. Um, and I want to focus on youth of color who who have died. Um, I'm originally from Indianapolis, Indiana, and we sometimes we get the news from from Chicago. There's been this many murders this year, that many murders this year. And, uh, every now and then uh, we'll we'll hear about a particularly tragic case of a crossfire. Um, and I, one of the pieces I have at the People Center on display um, is a icon of Tananja Stokes. Uh, and it was a, a young girl that was shot at, while she was jumping rope out in front of her house in Chicago. Uh, and I also did Trayvon Martin, and that that piece is uh, uh, with the Martin family now at the Trayvon Martin Foundation in Florida. Yeah, I, I, I saw a slide of that image when you were presenting to Metro Parks, and I found it just very powerful and compelling. Thank you. Uh, and you were presenting to Metro Parks because you were doing you're doing a a bronze, is that right? Yes. Of Billy Ray. Do you want to talk about that? I, I can't imagine what that that undertaking is like. Well, it's it's been it'll be my first public a permanent public art piece. I've done a temporary public art pieces works before, um, and I did a series of temporary pieces for uh, Seattle Art Interruptions in West Seattle, and then there was a continuation of that that uh, exhibit um, for the Photo Center Northwest in Capitol Hill. Um, and um, on with that work, that body of work, in addition to my icons, I applied uh, for uh, a permanent commission uh, to do a memorial sculpture of uh, Billy Ray Shirley. Um, so he was an East Side youth uh, who uh, died as a result of gun violence. And um, his mother, um, 
uh, Shalisa Hayes and uh, Team Billy Ray campaign to get the East Side Community Center built. Um, and uh, th- through their efforts, and I, th- I think they knocked on every door and, and you know, campaigned for a number of years, uh, the new ECI Community Center is going to be opening this later this month yeah. on the 20th. Um, and um, there was a commission uh, for available to do a memorial sculpture of Billy Ray that will be uh, placed outside of the new community center. And so I applied for that. I said, well, you know what, this is a long shot. You know, I've I've tried bronze once and, and you know, doing this like a smaller like lawn ornament. Uh, thing, uh, so we'll we'll see if I get it. I know I'll be up against some some big you know foundries and stuff, but um, I was selected as a finalist and I did a presentation about you know hey this is my body of work. I do have done sculpture. I went to art school and studied sculpture as well. Um, and you know I live right in the community and I will be really committed to making sure that this this project is handled right and handled with the amount of sensitivity that I would have wanted for my own sons um, and um, I think that was something that resonated with with the panel and I was selected for that commission Wow so that piece was going to be installed probably uh, next year next spring. Okay, so. so you're still working on it. Yeah, still working on it, and there's a lot, when you're doing public art, there are a lot of uh, stakeholders. There's fun, different funding sources, a lot of people you have to get approvals from, and you also work with fabricators, and they have their own schedules and and engineers and risk management people, and, and the list goes on and on. Right. So sometimes it's it's it's. In, in contrast to just studio work where it's all about you and whatever timeline you set up and maybe then tra- uh, handing the work off to a gallery who will then take it to uh, it to the public and show it in, in a gallery um, or a, a private commission. It's with public art, there seems to, there's a lot of, you know, multiple um, folks that have something to say about it. Yeah. Well, that's very exciting. It's too bad it won't be there at the opening uh, in a few weeks, but it's good to know it'll be there next spring. Yes. We're going to take a a quick break for a word from the sponsor, and then when we come back, we'll talk more about Tacoma Arts Month. Yay! This is Nate Bowling, host of the Nerd Farmer podcast on the Channel 253 Network. I fly a lot. And when I fly, I want to actually enjoy my time in the air. So I'm looking for two things. One, being treated like a human being. And two, an amazing mileage plan. And for those two things, the only game around is Alaska Airlines. The flight attendants are courteous, the service is efficient. When I fly with Alaska, I feel like a human, like a customer, not a commodity. And the mileage plan, I get rewarded for the miles that I fly, which means that flying across the country really racks up the miles. So the next time you're looking to fly from SeaTac, skip the travel sites. Just head to alaskaair.com, book your ticket. You'll thank me. I'm Nate Bowling, Alaska Airlines MVP Gold, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. Okay, welcome back. Uh, October is Tacoma Arts Month in Tacoma, and that means that we have a month full of uh, events and festivals, and a particular exciting thing coming up this weekend is the studio tour. And Michaela, you've done the studio tour for a couple of years now, right? Yeah, I think, I feel like it's been six or seven years, actually, and pretty much in the same spot. It's been such a great experience every time. What is the Tacoma Studio Tour? 
Well, there's a lot of artists in Tacoma, and they've got interesting studios, and they will open the studios to the public for a day or two on the weekend. And the city kind of sets up this like map and a brochure and and advertises for people and generally just facilitates the uh, the arts and and getting people out to see artists in their studios for the for that weekend. What's your studio like? My studio is in the top of an old manufacturing building on the U- University of Washington, and we it's a very large open. Uh, floor and we've got seven or eight artists in there so it feels a lot like art school although it, it does feel uh, yeah. like art school it's a great vibe it's, it's really awesome and I think we all wish we could live there um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah it's it's really it's a fun space to be in what kind of work do you do there that space I mostly have for large works so that way I don't have to have them sitting out and like trying to keep the dog out of the paint and all that. So um, while I do my smaller works at home, generally, uh, if I have a large scale painting I want to do, then I'll go to the studio and do that. Or also for filming, sometimes I'll do time lapse videos. Hmm. Oh, of, of the work that you're doing? Mm-hmm. One of the things that happens with uh, the studio tours is that there's often activities that the uh, people who are on the tour can do. Will you have anything like that? Yeah, it's um, it's a requirement for oh, being okay. on the tour, which I think is great because it's it's great to get people engaged in doing art as well. And some people will just do a demo, such as you know, I'm going to do a painting. I find that that is difficult because I'm talking to people the entire time. But uh, I have this year little um, coloring book type postcards that people can color in and then take home with them. And I've got like an area for the stamp on the back and they can just send them to whoever, whoever they like. Yeah. One of the things that I think is so interesting about about the tour is um, you're in a you're in a studio space, like in a commercial building. Uh, but a lot of times the tour is just like visiting people's homes and seeing, uh, you know, their daylight basement or their mother-in-law unit or, you know, whatever it is. Like, like it's it's just a room in their house and that's where they, they produce their art and people are so welcoming to let people in, sometimes hundreds of people into their homes uh, for a weekend. Yeah, for sure. And it. I, I find it feels a little bit awkward in a way because I think as artists, our studios are always just kind of like you've, you've taken this canon of, of art supplies and just like thrown it in a room. And so it's it's always a mess because it's very utilitarian. So you're inviting somebody into your mess of where you make things. Right. So it feels a little bit vulnerable sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Jasmine, you were at the at the opening event for Tacoma Arts Month. Uh, was What was that like? Um, yes, I was a uh, part of that. I was at uh, Normana Hall in the Hilltop, and um, it was a really interesting event. They did the Tacoma um, Art Awards, and um, there were several artists that had their work on display. Um, also, there was a Hilltop uh, outreach um, community engagement um, initiative um, that was through Spaceworks, where several artists participated in that as well, and we showed our artwork there. Um, I had three pieces, um, one of uh, a copy of one of the photo murals that I had displayed in Seattle of uh, my son reading a book uh, called Pe- Pedagogy of the Oppressed, and uh, two of my icons that that uh, I painted were there. So it was, it, there was music, there was fun, there uh, were awards, and um, some trailers for um, the Tacoma Film Festival. So that was really exciting. Right, 
Yeah. And you're not on the studio tour uh, no. this this year, but you um, said that there were some things that on the studio tour you were looking forward to. Uh, what was that? Um, I want to see the uh, Hilltop artists. Um, so Hilltop artists are um, um, a youth program through uh, Jason Lee Middle School. And uh, they'll be doing glass blowing, and I think uh, visitors will have a chance to uh, um, use a um, do some flame work and make a glass bead or mm. make a glass paperweight. Uh, so I really wanted to uh, support Tacoma students you know, since I'm a teacher as well. So I want to head over there and check that out. I love I love the glass blowing that that happens there, and it's it's really fun to see middle school kids like with thousand degree flames and it all somehow works out yeah. <laughs> i don't quite know how it works but it does um so that's that's tacoma arts month is there anything else especially about the studio tour that that uh that you would want to mention um well from my point of view i've actually never been able to go on the studio yes. tour because it's always it's always um i'm always staffing you know my own studio but i i hope that people will get out and see as much as possible because I think there's so much great work out there, and um, and it's just really worth seeing and meeting everybody. Yeah, uh, we'll sometimes take our kids, and when when we take the kids, uh, the number of stops that we can go on really goes down uh, dramatically. But it's really fun to go see painters and illustrators, and I have pictures of my daughter when she's one, like drawing on someone's Wacom tablet. Is that mm -hmm. what you call that? Um, it's just really yeah. great the uh, that experience for for kids and to see what to see what's out there. And it's, you can get some really great art from people when they'll give you a print or a postcard of some cool things. I think when you're going through the tour with your kids, you're experiencing it in a more in depth way, anyways, because you're the kids are always the ones who want to sit down and do the thing. Like you know, um, I believe you came by my studio a while back and um, let your daughter do some coloring and stuff, yeah. and so it was really interesting. So that way, you know, she got a different exposure to art than I think the adults who are by themselves usually get. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Well, the website, if uh, anyone wants to go on the tour this year, is uh, tacomaartsmonth.com. We'll put a direct link into uh, into the show notes, but there's the studio tour. Um, there are more more things coming up through the rest of the uh, the rest of the, of the month, and um, I want to just end this episode with an opportunity that uh, hopefully we will end many of these episodes with um, for the people that we interview to give a shout out to organizations or artists who are doing good work in uh, in the community. And I'm just curious if there's anyone you really admire who who is doing work. Uh, who, who do you want to give a shout out to? I'd like to give a shout out to Chris Paul Jordan and, and Kenji Stoll with, with Fabitat and um, good luck with all of their, their new endeavors. And I think they got a commission for, uh, to do some public art for the um, convention center expansion. So good luck, guys. Yeah. I think all of the, all of the little shops that open up, like Spun is really great. So you can go in and throw... Um, ceramics, like not big ceramics. Ceramics. Um, it's on Hilltop, okay. I think. Um, MLK. Uh, but you can go and like make some cups or bowls or whatever, and and that's really nice because you don't want to set that up in your garage necessarily unless you're really committed. Yeah. Um, but any any of the man, everybody's doing such great work. 
I um, I do also appreciate a long-term organization, which is CLAW, which is the, um, I can't remember Cartoonist what it Cartoonist League something a, Washington, right? Absurdist a, something. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's something, but um, it's some local cartoonists, and they, yeah. they do some really fun things. And I always wish I had more time to like participate, but um, they're, it's, it's always fun to see what they're doing. They're wearing fezzes usually is what they're doing. But usually, they, usually. They do some like 24-hour drawing nights and some interesting things like that. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you both for your time and your generosity and sharing what you're doing. And uh, we'll see you on the studio tour. Thank you. Thank you. As promised, those were two amazing artists. It was great to hear them and their stories and what's happening uh, in Tacoma uh, Tacoma Arts Month. Um, but uh, every episode, we also want to just give a little preview of what else is happening around, uh, around the city arts-wise. Uh, what do you got your eye on, Doug? Well, the Tacoma Film Festival is upon us, and one of the films I'm looking at is Boom, which is about the Sonics, uh, the seminal Tacoma band from the early 60s, pretty much the inventors, arguably, of punk rock, and influenced any number of performers from Nirvana all the way back to the Ramones to whoever. Um, Highly regarded band, greatly reviewed film. And that is uh, Thursday night, and that's the only night because that's the last night of the film festival. I believe so. so. If you want to see it, see it then. Something I'm uh, still trying to get to is the Sistine Chapel is here in Tacoma through October 15th, 14th. Excuse me, October 14th. That is at the uh, the Armory building. And if you haven't heard about it, uh, the replicas of Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel. Instead of being way up high on the top of the Sistine Chapel, it is down at the life size where you can see it and walk right next to it. And you are not rushed through with a giant throng of people. Yes, I hear that that you have something like 90 minutes uh, with the art. Um, and yeah, I I have been to the Sistine Chapel in in the Vatican, and uh, it was beautiful. But yeah, it it definitely felt like I was uh, part of a herd uh, that was being pushed quick. pushed through. It was very quick. So uh, if you want to see it uh, life size, up close and personal, uh, the Broadway Center has brought it to the to the Armory. Anyway, that is the Sistine Chapel at the Armory through October fourteenth. And we'll be back again uh, with another episode of We Art Tacoma soon. Uh, Please uh, remember to subscribe and um, we'll see you next time. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.